Welcome back to On the Horizon podcast, hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. First, thank you so much for becoming a premium subscriber and supporting our podcast. This is getting you extra exclusive, unheard, and unseen footage from each interview that we have on the horizon. Mix Puxaplenty is the they them yes queen of burlesque and was most recently voted number 17 on the 21st century burlesque magazine top 50 influential burlesque figures of 2022. A sex educator and national co-coordinator of the Old Pro Project, Pux is changing the world through their lived experience. I, I have a workshop that I do called uh, Dirty 230 Talk Dirty to Me and the majority of the class is surrounding this weird little tweet that someone did about how if they have to ask for consent, you know, throughout like a sexual experience that it makes it less sexy. And I just remember being yeah, like, that, I saw that, that, that conversation like comes up over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, Oh my God, first of all, throw the whole man away. But you know, <laughs> but like, it's just like, that is really interesting. And so I actually yeah. reached out to um, the late and great Alina Gabash, who was uh the uh, one of the founders of the Seattle burlesque, or excuse me, the Seattle um, sex positive community here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, is there a class here? And she goes, oh, yeah, there's definitely a class. She goes, and it's, she's like, You're, we're going to Trojan horse consent into this conversation about how you can make consent sexy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the majority of the class is folks um, asking, does, like, does it feel good when I do this? Would you mm-hmm, like me to mm-hmm. do this? And there's mm-hmm. there's a way of like of doing this where it doesn't feel like you're just going down a checklist, you know? Um, yeah, I actually had a client recently who wanted to like role play um, like Mother May I? Um, and like at first I was like, I don't know if this is going to like feel stilted. It turned out that it was like very sexy to be like, can I kiss her neck three times mm-hmm. <laughs> can mm-hmm. I you know and so it was like each time like coming up with something new like would you like it if I did this mm-hmm. and actually it was really f- like really fun and pretty sexy and that's essentially to... a check-in for consent the whole yeah, time through. Yeah. yeah and I mean obviously like you don't usually do something that's that structured because that was like a role play but it was also very like fun and I was mm-hmm. like oh but this isn't unsexy if you ask yeah. if I can do this and can I do this and can yeah. I do this yeah, yeah. absolutely I think there's some, I think there is, um, there's a disconnect and I know this, I mean, I've been a part of this disconnect. This is where the freeze can sometimes come in. I have frozen during sex and my partners have not stopped to ask if I'm okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if there was a check-in, if there was a just, I have noticed that you have turned into stone underneath me. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. And that, there's a lack of um, empathy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that lack of empathy is frightening to me. And it's like, I know so many folks that, um, you know, who are, are assigned female at birth that have had experiences like this where they have frozen. And if someone just would have checked in, it either would have brought them yeah. back or yeah, it would have yeah. opened it up for like, you know, actually this would be better for me or let's take a time out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this, that shows how disconnected people are from right. each other while they're having sex and mm-hmm. um, and just this lack of empathy for the person that you are fucking. 
Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't care if it's if it's a, a one night stand or you've been with someone for multiple years. I look at every opportunity when I have sex as to make th- it's moments of mindfulness. I want to make this the best experience for the two of us or the eight of us or whatever it is as possible <laughs> in this in this moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not thinking about is it better than the last time or is it better than yeah. what's happening? It's mindfulness in this moment. And I think that can like consent and discussing our boundaries and things like that really helps create these, um, these intense moments of, of sexual intimacy that don't necessarily have to last forever. It's like, that was, that was an amazing two and a half hours. I, it's cool. If we never talk again, that was great. Yeah. You know (laughs) what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Right. I had this experience like I recently where a, client did something that wasn't necessarily bad, but I didn't like it, you know? Um, And I realized I was angry with that person and um, that it was infecting like our interactions, Mm. you know, like I was like, Oh, I'll just get over it. But then I wasn't getting over it. it. And so like, I just had to say, listen, you did something that pissed me off. I can't explain to you like why, like, I, I realized that I was like almost trying to like back up my own like feelings. And I felt so grateful because their response to it was, well, you don't have to tell me why. Like, you just don't like that. There's no explanation. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. No explanation <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a full sentence. And like, you don't like that? Okay, cool. I won't do that. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was that easy. Like, but it's hard because, and I'm I'm not even, I don't even think of myself as somebody who like doesn't have like clear boundaries, but I realized that that like socialization is like so deep yeah. that like I was even in my head being like, but that wasn't really bad, but it was like, but it was bad for me. We yeah. try to talk ourselves out of it. Um, yeah. It is, it's indoctrination, right? It's, I mean, it's the patriarchy. It's, you know, um, especially when we start getting into the conversation surrounding sex right like good girls don't Mm -hmm. yeah you know the madonna horror complex is still very heavy right and so this idea of us knowing what we want the kind of pleasure that we want the kind of pleasure that we want to give um or receive Mm -hmm. like that's witchcraft shit like you know like you know (laughs) what i mean like like how dare you know this and so it's so deeply ingrained i mean i know folks that have done this, have done the work who are like, you know, really strong people this way and still every once in a while get tripped up on a thing where they feel like this may not be the safest place for me to assert that boundary right now. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I was like almost a little bit like ashamed when I realized that like I was making it harder than it had to be when I was like, I actually know this. Like, I know that you can just like assert what is okay for you and what's not okay, but sometimes it's hard and you like fall back into that, like people pleasing thing. Well, it's a trauma response. And sometimes we don't like, you know, it's a, we have the fight, flight or, you know, freeze. And then you also have fawn. Um, Fawn is, that's the one that I have where I'm just like, Oh no, I want to make sure that everything's okay. I've never heard that in that like structure. I know fight or flight and I've heard freeze when in terms of like around sexual assault conversations Mm -hmm. a lot of time, but I've never heard Fawn. Fawn is, um, Fawn is a newer one that I've, I've heard people start using within like the past, like two or three years. And it's a, for me, it's a trauma response uh, that happened. I'm a, I'm a freezer and I'm a fawner. So I get a combination of the two. And so when my boundaries are just stomped all over, Mm -hmm. I 
there's this internalization of like, okay, what did I do? How can I fix this? How can I make this easier? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so that was, that's been my, my shadow work throughout the pandemic is like ending yeah. this bond piece. Uh, I'm a, I am told that I'm a very intimidating. I feel that. Right? Yeah. I'm told that I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I am told that I'm a very intimidating person, and I'm like inside is actually just like a wet, shivering squirrel most of the time. Anxiety <laughs> piece, you know. Um, and so yeah. it's like I I want this inside to match, you know, this armor that I have on the outside of you know mm-hmm. kicking butt and taking names. But this idea around consent and I, I really feel like consent and agency go together, especially when we start talking about um, sex work. And I just think that sex workers in general, we, if we don't have these boundaries, um, like just like a, a lot of things, if we don't have these boundaries, this could, this could be our lives, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean like life or death, but that could mean like, is your family going to, you know, is your family going to find out? Is your, you know, is your muggle yeah. job going to find out? Um, are you going to end up with a stalker? You right. know, these kinds of things, right? Susie Q authored The Whore Next Door in a sex column for the San Francisco Weekly and performs mainly for kink, queer, and feminist indie adult entertainment companies. Susie's continued interest in policy and advocacy has led them to take staff positions at the Free Speech Coalition, the American Civil Liberties Union of Southern California, and a board of directors position on the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee. During the 2020 lockdowns, Susie began writing, directing, and co-producing adult content for some of the biggest companies in the industry. I've done pretty much every type of sex work at this point. Um, and, and porn's just my favorite. I love is it. Is it? So- I was going to ask you what your favorite is. Why is porn your favorite? Um, because it's movie making. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I grew up in the theater, right? So both okay. parents were theater professionals. I was always on some kind of set. Um, you know, whether it was like my own show or like my dad's or my mom's, you know, I, I just grew up kind of around showbiz. Um, and the rush of like a live show and like what the magic that sort of like happens um, in a theatrical setting. Mm-hmm. And I think on mainstream films, <clears throat> mainstream meaning like without sex, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it, it's, you know, film is such a director's medium, right? You get to be a little like God and create this world. Mm-hmm completely in charge of from frame by frame. It's wild. People really get lost in the sauce. I think we've all seen that. (laughs) Um, But you can't really do that on a porn set. It is really up to the entire crew to get that cum shot Mm, and get everybody safe. It feels to me like the longer that you're in the sex work space, the harder it is to like relate to people outside of it. Um, because <laughs> you start to feel like a mutant because yeah. like the way that we like live our lives and uh, have relationships and do all sorts of things feels yeah. so different yeah. than how people, other people, you know, I, I don't know. Not us people. Not yeah. People, <laughs> civilian people. I don't know what words people want to use, but yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, do, I don't mean that in any type of like, uh, you know, um, hierarchical or like shaming sure. You know, it's like, I love lots of civilian folks and they're, and, you know, I also grew up in, um, you know, a, a pretty progressive environment, like around a lot of like artists and theater folk and, and yeah. queer and trans folks. And so like I had, but, but even still it's like, my mm-hmm. 
my parents' generation had a completely different understanding of consent sure. than my generation. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, it's an ever evolving conversation, but like a lot of people are trained to like not even have the conversation is too much. Yeah. For- I wonder, I wonder, cause we, I think a lot of our just societally, like we don't know how to have the conversations around sex in general. So like, mm-hmm. how do we even get to the conversation around consent if we can't even say sex? Like, he, he, like yeah. why? <laughs> that's the big part of what I feel is like a major problem. And kind of leaves room for situations like a me too to evolve because we can't even have the conversation. Yeah. I think that so many folks are operating and walking around with just like unaddressed unseen trauma. The first step towards like having a conversation about sex, for example, is addressing why that feels so uncomfortable to so many people, Mm -hmm. not just because they're uptight. Yeah. Like it's because they were taught like a lot of wrong information inherited a lot of generational trauma and probably experienced, you know, something at some point, there's like a one in three chance that like most people are survivors of some kind of, you know, violence. Mm -hmm. Unpacking Mm -hmm. that and like being honest about like how many folks are, are, are truly experiencing that and trying to like really engage in some type of, of, of healing for us all. You yeah. know, it's a big first step, but it's, I think that's the first step, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that answer is very compassionate and I like, yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you are getting like that vulnerable side of, of a client or fan where they're really exposing themselves to you, like that is always transformative to me. And we've spoke about that on other episodes too. It's like people are so vulnerable with you and that's not something you encounter as much outside of any kind of sex work because like people are so guarded. We're all tough and hard and we don't feel things mm-hmm. and, you know, we're strong and you don't just get to walk into an encounter and get someone's vulnerable side. That's such a huge ask. And in sex work, it's so much of what people are seeking. Absolutely. Um, my best friend in the whole world who, you know, she's the, the Romy to my Michelle or vice versa. You know, we've been friends since we were like 12 or 13, but she is a, a straight massage therapist, a therapeutic mm-hmm. therapist, but her, we share so much. And especially when mm-hmm. I was doing that in-person work, um, we just like it, we have so much in common. Like it's on, honestly, yeah. like there are parallels, but it is that energy exchange that, you know, totally. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this bonus footage from this episode of On the Horizon, and we look forward to having you tune in next time.